We welcome you to the official Titans podcast, Mike Keith and Amy Wells on Friday, March the 20th. Amy, it's great to see you. Hey, Mike. How's it going? It is. uh, It's different. It is different. It is a different time uh, without question. And we know for all of you listening to the OTP, it is a different time for you. We wish you well. Please be smart. Please be safe. And hopefully uh, this talk about the Titans will be a little bit of a respite uh, away from the real world. Good word. Let's look at it that way. Um, I have thought the NFL has been that this week, Amy. And uh, I know there was a lot of debate about whether or not the NFL should have gone on with free agency. Uh, as the week has gone on, I'm glad they did. Oh, my gosh. Purely for an entertainment right. from that standpoint. I never thought I would say this, but thank goodness for Tom Brady. I know. He's been very entertaining. Mm-hmm. He's keeping all of us on our toes. But really, it has just been move after move after move, and it's been fun to watch everything unfold. And I have been very thankful that every time I refresh my Twitter feed, there is some new NFL news going on. And, you know, the the bottom line, sports is sort of a break from real life. We never think that what we do is as serious as so many things in life which are serious, especially at a moment like this. But to be able to have something to just take your mind off of it for a few minutes, free agency has done that, and that's been a good thing. Oh, absolutely. I think. Yep. And the week um, started, of course, with the legal tampering period or the official contact period, whichever you want to call it. And I guess the first news was the Ryan Tannehill deal, which came before all of that. When it hit, it didn't seem like it was a big surprise to a lot of people. John Robinson set the market. Ryan Tannehill, if you believe the reports, got a good deal. I think it's one of those things that worked out well for both sides. And Titans fans roundly applauded this as I read and and listened to everywhere. Absolutely. It seemed that Titans fans were very excited to have that consistency, to see Ryan come back and kind of prove that the 2019 season wasn't a flash in the pan. He really is the guy. And I think around the building, I think that we're really excited to have him back. He's such a great guy to work with. He really seemed to fit in well with the locker room, with the organization. But also there were so many different reports coming out after the combine where everyone was like, well, John Robinson didn't say glowing things about Ryan. And I always think it's so funny when things tend to go the exact opposite way of what everyone's speculating. Um, John Robinson keeps his cards close to the vest. There's no question. (laughs) There's no question. Now, Tannehill's money, when you put together his money and whoever his backup's money, will pretty much mirror what he and Mariota cost last year. So in terms of dollars for dollars, the Titans' quarterback dollars in 2019 will probably be close to their quarterback dollars in 2020. Basically a push. That's a good thing for the Titans because they get to spend their money in other places. The question becomes, who backs up Ryan Tannehill? And there's been a lot of speculation in the media this week that Logan Woodside could be that guy. I think there's some truth to that, and not just from a cost standpoint. I think they like the guy. I think he's smart. I think he's tough. But, again, I don't want to say anything definite because we don't know who's going to be out there. And 
might be able to be pulled in at a later time. I mean, this could go all the way to the start of July, and then you find a guy who's sitting there right before training camp starts, and you say, you know what, we can't turn down so-and-so. And And that's the thing with free agency, and especially this year. It's going to be really interesting to see how things evolve over time because the calendar is a little wonky Mm -hmm. right now. Obviously, we're still on the same schedule, but – Things are a little strange right now at the beginning of free agency. So to see how things develop as we get closer to training camp, it's going to be really interesting. But, I mean, we've heard Mike Vrabel say really good things about Logan Woodside. He really seems to be pleased with the way that he was in practice and able to participate in different things. So I would be very happy with him being around for a while. Well, I think he could be. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he definitely could be the guy, but I also think it's a reasonable possibility – that they can they can find a veteran out there and just say, listen, we can't turn this dude down, which is why John Robinson always wants cap flexibility. And obviously that's going to be a theme coming up as we talk about this OTP. The next thing about cap flexibility was the franchising of Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. And once Tannehill agreed to the contract, I immediately thought they're franchising Derrick Henry. Before we continue on, explain exactly what franchising him means. What that meant is he has the non-exclusive franchise tag, which means he gets a one-year contract for 2020 based on the top five salaries of guys at his position. And I think the number ends up being 10-2 or 10-3. I want to say 10-2, somewhere in that range, if I remember. But it's it's right in in that general vicinity. Now, For those of you who are listening, you're saying, that sounds like good money to me, and I get that. But understand, Derrick Henry won't see any of that money until the fall. Right. And he has no guarantee beyond 2020. Right. So not only does he not get a nice bonus that he can take to the bank now, not only does he get a bunch of guaranteed money over a longer period of time, like what Tannehill got, but it's all salary. And, and if you get to the fall and you decide that's okay, that's great. Some guys do. Some guys not as happy with that because they want a longer-term deal. The good news for Henry and the Titans, however, is by, by giving him the franchise tag now, they have a four-month window to work on a long-term deal. So in some cases, as a matter of fact, I'd say in most cases, this is a push of the pause button. And what it says is you're still with us. We have you under contract unless somebody comes in and makes you an offer and we don't choose to match it, and then we would get two number one picks or come to some sort of deal to trade you for draft picks. That's another story. But otherwise, they have four months to negotiate a long-term deal so they can see what happens during the rest of free agency. If the Titans still have money available, if they get what they need in the draft and say, "Mm, maybe we want to do this, you know, it can still go on. It's not necessarily over just because he's tagged. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. So for Titans fans who are worried about him deciding to hold out and to not want to participate, there's still plenty of time for a deal to get done. Right. None of this is set in stone. Well, and wisely, as we record this edition of the OTP, he hasn't said anything. And that's really, really smart from a PR standpoint and from a business standpoint Because with what's going on in the world right now, I don't think anybody wants to hear somebody complain about a $10 million salary. Even within context, 
it's a different, it, you know, it, it's a different sort of deal. But the other thing too is Derek's smart. He's always handled his business well, and I think he gets. I mean, we'll hear from him at some point, but I think he gets that this process has the opportunity to continue. But knowing that they had the two guys to lock up and that they wanted to lock up the two guys, I thought they would franchise one and sign the other, and they went quarterback, then running back. And quarterback, if you believe the numbers, comes in cheaper for this year. Running back is not a bad salary either. And so John Robinson, after – Waving some players freed some money, and the the waving of those players was obviously a, a big story in all of this too. Uh, Cameron Wake I don't think was a big surprise at age thirty eight. Dion Lewis going to be thirty years old, not particularly productive last year for sure, not as productive as he was in twenty eighteen. Delaney Walker just hasn't played in that many games in the last two years, unfortunately, and and he was a big number. And then Ryan Suckup. And Suckup's going to be 34. You know, the one thing all those guys have in common is age. Yeah, Suckup's almost 34. Lewis is almost 30. Wake is 38. Walker will be 36. Yeah. And so you're in that position. So Robinson gains cap money, does the thing with Tannehill, franchises Henry, and still has a big pot of money left over. And that gives him the ability to start moving. When I sat down with John for an interview a few weeks ago, I, I gave the term, and if I've said this on the OTP before, I apologize. But I, I think it's so good, especially with what's happened. I said, what you've got at the end of the year is you've got virtually a 70-piece puzzle. Okay? 53 active players, 10 practice squad, say seven guys on IR. And – you have some pieces that come falling off, and then you have to remake the puzzle based on what's still up and then what you add back. Mm-hmm. He said no. Oh. He said, you're right. It's a 70-piece puzzle. But he said, all 70 pieces come down, and you remake it. Interesting. That's how he looks at this process, knowing that a lot of those pieces will go back up, but some won't. He's starting from scratch every year. And when he said that, I thought about that when I read the news that they had let Jarrell Casey go for a seventh-round pick to Denver. I thought about that very thing. How surprised were you? On a scale from 1 to 10? Yes. 300. I, I Jarrell's been here since I've been here. Like, walking into the building and seeing Jarrell Casey is like walking into the building and seeing you every day. Like, there are some things that have just been constants. And Jarrell Casey has always been a constant for me, and so it surprised me. I I was shocked. Were you surprised? I'm assuming your answer is no. Not as surprised. Really? It started with me when they drafted Jeffrey Simmons. Really? I knew that that started the clock at that moment because – you felt like you had a piece of equal talent that was going to cost less. I, I was excited to see him play with Jarrell, but I knew they wouldn't do that forever because they play the same position and because Jarrell is expensive. Yeah. And so then, as, I, as I've thought about the remaking 
of the ball club. How do you take bits and pieces and do what Kansas City did last offseason is they they took out some pieces and added some pieces in different places, small ones and big ones, to remake themselves to try to take the next step, to maximize the cap value. Personally, crushed. Yeah. Jarrell Casey is one of my ten favorite titans of all time. He's one of my ten favorite people that's ever been in that building, player, coach, staff member. I love Jarrell Casey. Yep. I've told everybody I've talked to in Denver, I said, you're getting a, a, a Pro Bowl player and a Pro Bowl human being, an all-world human being. Yep. But from the standpoint of the Titans, you know, people said, well, it's a salary dump. I don't see it quite that way. Yes, you know, they, they, they could only get a seven in return because – Denver's taking on the big salary. I get that. But John's doing it with the idea of remaking the puzzle in a different way, understanding that Big Jeff is now expected to take that spot. Right. If Big Jeff doesn't take that spot and play great, this doesn't work. Right. But I think all of us believe he's going to. Oh, absolutely. And so then where, where do you take that money? And you, you hear a bunch of names. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought, you know, Paul Kaharski made a good point on his website about that it could be four different players. It could be one big one. It could be two pretty big ones. It could be four players that he rem- that John remakes in different ways. The Titans didn't desperately need the money; they wanted the money, right? And that's why they made the move that they did. So. No, I was not. I, I mean, because John John has made it clear that he wants to win the Super Bowl, and he's made it clear that he's going to tinker with this roster to get it to the next level. Because here's the thing. When we lost to Kansas City, Kansas City's better than us. Yeah. That was the only reason that was easy to take is the Chiefs were, at, at that point, a better football – straight up a better football team. How do we get better than them? Yeah. And that's what John's trying to do. I I do think he's trying to make the team somewhat younger. I do think fiscally, starting with an F, he's trying to do smart things. But I also think he's trying to tweak it around to make us look a little different, a little faster. A little do we run a little more four-man front now? Do we do the you know what I don't know. But he's got something in mind for that money. It's not like he's putting that in his pocket and going, oh, we're going to save, you know, however much that is. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And when you explain it like that, you play the long game a lot better than I well, do, Mike Keith. You, you, can, you can foresee the future a little bit better than I can. I'm very in the moment, Mike. Sure. And in that moment, it was a gut punch oh, to and, me. And, and listen, I, I told my wife, Michelle, I said, this is the one that hurts me the most since Steve McNair was traded to Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, I I was physically hurt when I saw it because this is a player and a person that I love. I have loved calling his games. Mm-hmm. I love Jarrell Casey. Yep. I, I I think the world of him is a human being too because Jarrell Casey walks what he talks. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who's committed to making a difference in this world, and football has given him the opportunity to change not only his life but other people's lives, and he's doing it. 
Right. We need more people like that in this world because it, it's not about, oh, let's give him a big award. for the, This is who he really is. Now, I'm all for all the awards, but Jarrell Casey is one of the most special human beings we've ever had. That said, I trust John Robbins. Yeah, and from a business side, this is when we talk about football is a business. This is about winning ball games right. and being able to consistently improve the team. Well, and the theory, too, that, you know, I've been an NFL fan for lots of years and have followed a lot of dynasties. The Bill Walsh theory in San Francisco was you let a guy walk a year early than a year late. Yeah. And people are saying, well, why, did, why didn't you get more than a seven? Get that. You didn't get more than a seven because they're taking that number off your hands. Remember, when Houston traded Brock Osweiler to Cleveland, they had to send Brock Osweiler and a two yep. to get rid of his salary. I think they got a seven in return. So the Titans didn't have to send Jarrell Casey and a two right. to be in that situation. They sent Jarrell Casey for a seven. So, you know, that's the way that works. And, and for Casey, too. They sent him to a good place. Denver's a good place. It's a good place. It's a good city. He will do well he there. Will do well. His family will do well. We have it's, to play him. Uh, yeah, that's not correct. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead to something else. Please. Reports have been different places this week about guys signing, guys being traded, things happening. Teams have not confirmed some of these things because with the rules in place about lack of travel, Guys cannot take physicals. The team doctor cannot give a physical of a player. Tom Brady to Tampa was just confirmed because Tom Brady met with an independent doctor, I think in New York, Yeah. and took a physical. Yeah, and it was agreed upon by him and the team. And they had to work it out. Right. Some teams are like, we ain't doing that. Yeah. You're going to see our doctor before we sign you. So with all this travel restriction in place – some things haven't become official, and the great Jim White did a great job uh, explaining to Titans fans who were worried about this, that, and the other, why hasn't this been reported? There have been reports out there that the Titans have agreed to terms with former Falcon outside linebacker Vic Beasley, guy with 37 and a half sacks in his career, yada, yada. Titans have not confirmed that yet because I'm sure, knowing John Robinson, Vic Beasley, almost what, 28 years old? Yep. You want the guy to take a physical. Yes, you and sure so, do. And so, but that could be outside linebacker pass rush help if that happens, if that goes through. Again, according to reports. There are going to be a lot of reports. This is not a one-time thing right. throughout free agency. This is how it's going to be happening for a while, is according to reports. Get used to that phrase. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, so a couple other things. Is Greg Joseph Ryan Suckup's replacement as the Titans kicker? I mean, heck, we've hardly ever even seen him kicking games. <laughs> like, Don't you think they'll bring in somebody to compete with him? Oh, of course they will. I think absolutely they will. I mean, he wasn't with the team for that long. Mm -hmm. He only kicked in games in the playoffs. I mean, there's still a lot to be proven with Greg Joseph. I think he goes in to camp with the spot, but – Bring in a couple people to compete with him. I'm, I am more than happy to open up that contest. I like it. No surprise Jack Conklin leaves for Cleveland. No, bit of a bummer. Really liked Jack Conklin. Oh, yeah. He was a good guy. He's a he great guy. He was fun to have around. Real nice, good family. But, yeah, I 
you can't pay Jack was Conklin. really playing well at the end of the year. Too. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. But what an opportunity for Dennis Kelly. Well, I think on the flip side of that, you're so happy for Dennis Kelly. Yep. You're so happy that Dennis Kelly would get an opportunity, and he's going to have a chance to win that job. The draft is set up in a way that there are some quality tackles. Would make sense for the Titans to take one. But now it means, again, and this is typical John Robinson, he's not in a position where he has to take one. He can go at 29, he can go value again, which is what he did last year, taking value with Jeffrey Simmons. Talk about value. Well, but I mean, the, the Titans didn't desperately need a defensive tackle. That was not a – they didn't have a hole and you said, oh, we have to do that. Well, now, by signing Dennis Kelly and saying he's your probable starting right tackle, you, you're not in a – maybe you find that guy in the second round. Maybe you find that guy in the third round. Yeah. You know what I really like about John Robinson, and this is not on your sheet, I just had this thought – for every position that we're saying, oh, you lose a guy that you really like. Oh, I like Jack Conklin. Sure. Oh, I like Jarrell Casey. There's another guy that I equally like. I really like Jeffrey Simmons. I'm excited about him. Yeah. I really like Dennis Kelly. There are a lot of good humans on this roster, and that's exciting to well, me. Well, and those good humans are going to have to step forward because there's a lot of leadership that has walked out of this locker room and potentially could still be walking out of this locker room. Right. When you talk about the guys who are still free agents, I mean, there's some people going to have to step forward. Now, Tannehill is going to feel like he can do that more now. Right. Which is a great thing because it is clearly his locker room. But, I mean, you replacing Jarrell Casey is pretty tough because he talked it, but again, he walked it. Mm -hmm. And that's the heart. Lots of guys talk it. Oh, they stand in front of the media and we got to do this. And then they don't live it as much. Jarrell lived it. You know, the Wesley Woodyards of the world lived it. Mm -hmm. Delaney Walker lived it. That's tough. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, the DeMarco Murrays. I mean, those were guys who, who did it the right way. And when you lose those guys, that's, that's an element. But you're right. John looks to that in people. Mike Vrabel looks to that in people as well. Yeah. But good for Dennis Kelly, who is a good character guy. Titans also have brought back Chris Milton, Reggie Gilbert, Anthony Ferkser, and Cameron Batson. Did I say that right? You sure did. You gave me a weird look like I was Oh no, that was agreement. I'm just it in. It. I don't agree with you often, so I was just throwing it off. in. So we've hit Jarrell Casey, Henry Tannehill, Logan Woodside, Ryan Suckup departure, is Greg Joseph the successor? Delaney Walker, Cameron Wake, Deion Lewis gone. Marcus Mariota to the Raiders. Not surprised for the football team. No. But it's a strange fit with his personality and their persona. I don't really see him as a Raider, but I mean, maybe. Maybe. I he did didn't he do Gruden's little He did. camp thing? He did. Um Gruden loves him. Yeah. And I remember that and that kind of being a story. So that I guess makes sense. And maybe there was a bond there, but yeah, when you think of a Raider, you don't think Marcus Mariota no. right off the bat. By the way, when you think of a Cardinal, you don't think of DeAndre Hopkins either. No. I, t- I got to say, when that happened on Tuesday, 
I was one of the happiest men in America yeah. that DeAndre Hopkins is now not only in the AFC South, the Texans wide receiver, now the former Texans wide receiver, is no longer in the AFC. He is in Arizona Yep. in the NFC, and the only way we'll see him is in the preseason, where it doesn't count and he doesn't play, or in the Super Bowl. Where we'll beat him. Well, that'd be fine. Best of luck to you, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, adios. See ya. So, Couldn't go far enough yeah. away. Like, all, no, all, thank you. All-time Titan killer. Would you rank him in your top five? I'd put him in a top five. I don't know if I'd say he's number one. I got a list. You have a list? I have a list. Here is my all-time. Are these in any certain order? No, I don't think I can do that. But I think Titans fans, particularly who are. Um, I bet I can guess at least one of them. Who are a little bored right now will probably come up with their own. I'll be interested. Send them to us. I want to see all-time Titans killers. Many people would have thought Corey Dillon would have been on this list. Corey Dillon was a Bengals running back who also played for the Patriots. In December of 1997, in a Thursday night game against the Tennessee Oilers, he rushed 39 times for 246 yards and four touchdowns. Whoa. It was so bad. (laughs) Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator at the time, was so consumed by giving up 246 yards rushing to this player that the weeks from there on, when we were still in the AFC Central with the Bengals, (laughs) he would go Corey Dillon crazy, and then Jeff Fisher would do things to him to really incite Greg Williams. One year, he took pictures of Corey Dillon and put him on all the rocks in the fish tank. <laughs> so Corey Dillon, a Corey Dillon figure was everywhere <laughs> for Greg Williams to see. After that 246-yard rushing performance in the next seven games, he gained only 320 yards and scored three touchdowns. So while some might have thought Corey Dillon was on the list, Jimmy Smith from the Jaguars doesn't quite make it, just yeah. falls short. Here's my list. How do do you want me to start, offense or defense? Start defense. J.J. Watt. Yep. 17 sacks, eight forced fumbles in 13 games. Yeah. So that's one. The rest are all on offense. DeAndre Hopkins, and he might be number one. Listen to this. 13 games for DeAndre Hopkins. 83 catches, 1,313 yards, seven touchdowns, 700-yard games. So, seven of the 13 games he played against Tennessee, 100-yard games. This got dark kind of quick. DeAndre, have a great time in Phoenix. Enjoy the desert, sir. Enjoy (laughs) the desert. Goodbye, everybody. Who is your guest going to be? Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers. Is he on there? He's on there. He's (laughs) 8-2 and against the Titans, thrown for over 2,700 yards in the 10 games and, and 18 touchdowns, and has just always... You know, he had him down at the goal line. Should be nine and one against the Titans. Could yeah. be ten and zero. Yeah. If, if not for Jake Locker to Justin Hunter, he he could and a goal line stand. He would be ten and zero against the Titans. And now he's in the AFC South in Indianapolis. Yeah. I'm, best of luck to him. Okay. I suppose. The other. The <laughs> That's other, all I can say. The other two are quarterbacks. I give you Peyton Manning. Yeah. Who started zero and three against the Titans. And then in games that he completed, he played one that didn't matter and he came out after one series. He was 14-2 and two over the last 16. 35 touchdown passes in 20 games against the Titans, threw for over 5,000 yards. Wow. 
Andrew Luck. And just for one reason, 11-0 and against the Titans. Uh, his his overall numbers not crazy good. He threw for twenty five hundred and fifty yards and eighteen touchdowns, rushed for one hundred and seventy two yards, but just always made the one play he needed to make. So, uh, my my five Titan killers would be J.J. Watt, Philip Rivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Peyton Manning, and Andrew Luck in no particular order. Well, Andrew Luck's no longer an issue. Kay. DeAndre Hopkins no longer an issue. Okay, eh, the others. We'll yes. deal with them. Somebody, somebody we'll may come with up them. with another one or oh. two or three. Yeah. We would like to hear from them. By the way, I have some questions. I have a young man who sent me a bunch of questions. Would you like to take – these are not official OTP cues, but I want to answer him because – They are cues on the they OTP. Are cues. Henry Bridgeforth. All right, Henry. All right, Henry, let's go. Is there a running back the Titans might have their eye on to back up Derrick Henry having let Deion Lewis go? Ooh. I think that player may be in the draft. That's kind of what I was thinking. There are some good running backs in the draft. There are a bunch. And remember, the Titans have picked 29, 61, 93, 174, 224, 237, and 243. Those middle rounds are where John Robinson makes his money. Yeah. That's where you're well, going to get that, someone good. And that pick 93 or that pick 174 would seem to be a place that you might be able to grab that back up. Yep. Question number two, do you think the Titans franchise tag Derrick Henry to wait and offer him a big extension next year? No. Not necessarily. No, I don't think so. I think I mean, they could still offer him a big extension this year. Yeah, I think if something gets done, it's going to happen this year. All right, and Henry's third question, I was sad to see formerly great Titans Marcus Mariota, Delaney Walker, and Jarrell Casey go. Same. Do you think the Titans are just trying to reshape the image of the franchise around exciting young players we have in store? Where is this leading the team? Yes, they're getting younger. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're you're getting younger and you're pairing, you know, older players make big salaries. Yeah. You don't have 35-year-olds generally making minimum salaries. They generally make bigger salaries. John Robinson pays on direct production related to that moment. Kevin Byard and Taylor Lewan got big contracts because they had produced at, at those moments, and they will be expected to continue to do so. That's, that's how it's looked at. Um, but I, I don't think he was trying to reshape the image. Right. I don't see this as a rebranding. I see this as a continuation of the legacy. Mm -hmm. I see this as there are younger players who are emerging and are filling in those roles. You've got to keep recycling around here. You've sure. got to – Old guys go out. You hate to say it for a variety of reasons. Right. Younger guys step into those leadership roles. You bring in new kids, and they start to rise through the ranks. It's a very cyclical business. This is how this works. So I think that we're seeing a lot of familiar faces all kind of going at once, and so it feels a little jarring. But it's it's the nature of the business, and I don't think that it was a we want this to look we want this franchise to look different. So we're pushing these people out. There's a legacy to be maintained now. There's a standard to hit, and there are younger guys who are able to step in those positions. Hundred percent, hundred percent correct. I, I think that's that's what it comes down to. And John promised this would be an off season of some upheaval, just because where guys were in their contracts. And where, and where people were overall uh, with this football team in trying to reshape it to take the next level. 
I mean, we've been fortunate to have so much consistency over the last couple of years in terms of veteran players. Right. Um, the, the heart and soul has been intact for a couple years, which is rare. So to be in a position where a lot of guys are reaching that point where, I mean, we've been saying forever, you can't pay everybody. You can't you pay everybody. You just can't. And so, yeah, it feels, it feels hard. Well, what it is now is it's Tannehill's team. It's Bayard's team. It's Lawan's team. It's Corey Davis's team. It's Derrick Henry's team. It's Rashawn Evans' team. It's Jayon Brown's team. It's Jeffrey Simmons' team. I mean, that's that's what this is now. Yep. That that's what it's a Dory Jackson's team. I mean, this is this is their ball club now. Whereas they they could stand in the back of the huddle when Jarrell Casey brought everybody up or Wesley Woodyard brought everybody up or Delaney Walker brought everybody up or Marcus Mariota. Well, now some of them are going to have to be in the middle of that huddle. Yeah, they're the seniors now. They're the se- this is their senior year, so to speak, in terms of how the NFL works with them taking over the leadership role of the team. Great questions, Henry Bridgeforth. Tight- yeah, those were great. Tighten up to you, my friend. And uh, if you have questions for us, how do people submit OTPQs? Titansonline.com slash OTPQ. You're all just sitting around anyway. Send us some questions. Send us some questions. We would like that. What else do we need to mention? Stay home, stay safe. Stay home, stay safe. And thank you for listening to the OTP. If you have a chance to reach out and tell friends about it, please do. Uh, we will have one coming up in the next few days from Brett Kern, mm-hmm. and it was taped, just to let you know, it was taped uh, well before all of this mess started, so we did not ask our punter to come in at a at a difficult moment, but we'll, we'll have that coming out, and we will stay in touch via the OTP. Um, there's going to be a lot more to talk about. I, I can assure you of this, John Robinson ain't done. And he ain't scared. What? And he ain't <laughs> scared. What, what he's going to do, we don't know. I mean, we, we, we don't know. People ask us, what, is he going to re-sign Tannehill? Is he going to do him? And we would tell the truth. We don't know. Uh, but that is why he's so good at his job is he has a plan. He's not afraid. And he's going to be very decisive about what he's going to do. Plus, he's got one of the greatest poker, you know, sort of, not necessarily faces, but dispositions mm-hmm. that there is. Nobody has any idea what he's doing. Nope. In For- a good way, not fortunate- in a scary way. <laughs> Fortunately, he does. Right. And that's what matters. Yes. We don't need to know. For Ashley Farrell and Amy Wells, Mike Keith says, thank you for listening to the March 20th edition of the O-T-O.